0: Hello, I have a episode for you today that is about the three core needs. And I think it's a pretty good one. I share, which was the core human need that has, has been driving me most of my life to take the action or non-action. And really that need ended up holding me back and has held me back. And it's something that I continue to uncover more about. And it's like kind of the little whack-a-mole game. And, you know, you realize once you become aware that there's one core human need that is driving your behavior or lack of it more than others, you can start to do the work to see what those beliefs that are limiting you are, and then do the work to, well, you dig them up first, and then you work on changing them, rewiring them, because these beliefs are not true. We just think they are because of our past experiences and our interpretation of those experiences, because they, it is our interpretation and our perception, because you can have siblings that lived in the same house as you and had the same parents, yet you think completely different than them. Just because even your twin, if you're a twin, you have different life experiences, even though you have the same chromosomes. So I hope you enjoy this episode about the three core needs. You might learn something about yourself and I think it will help. So with no further ado, let's get on to it. Listen in and let something you hear prompt you to take the first step in making the rest your best. Welcome to another episode of Living Your Sparked Second Half. I'm going to talk about the three core human needs today. I learned these in my master neuro coaching program when I was getting certified. And I think it's, I don't know if a lot of people know about these and they're so fascinating because when you see which one of these you're most prone to need in terms of like, there's three of them, but there's one that you tend to if you're acting in a certain way or thinking the thoughts they align with usually one of these needs, we ha- we need these needs. I mean, their needs, but we, for some reason, something in our past makes us n- more needy about one of them. And I'm going to share for me, which one mine is. But I also want to talk about all three of them because different people will have one primary one that a lot of the underlying beliefs that are holding them back are the thoughts come from this need. I'm not sure if I explained that very well. It was a lot of words, but essentially a need, one of these three drives you to behave in a certain way and think a certain way and that way when it has to do with limiting beliefs is keeping you from your authentic most authentic version of yourself it's keeping you from having the fulfillment in your life that you desire it keep, it's keeping you from having the fun and the adventure. Uh, it's just you have the, this this problem because you're so needy in this area, and we have no idea. We just simply have no idea that this is happening. And it, it. I was gonna talk about something completely different today, and actually, I'm I'm recording this a couple days late, and I actually decided because I was feeling really pressured to get this done, and I started to think because I've been so busy the last like month and just juggling all the things, trying to get everything done. I had my free training. That's a lot of work to put together. Uh, And then I was supporting my coach when he opened his program. I was on the sales team actually, but it's fun because you get to talk to people that go through his training and you get to talk to them about your experience. And I love sharing my experience and my growth over the last four years, almost five years now and uh, and seeing like like making them or talking to them about me in a way that they could see possibilities for themselves. And that's what I love because when I started this, I had like no freaking clue. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew that I didn't want to do what I was doing and I knew that I wanted to help people in a much deeper way and I knew I wanted to coach but I didn't have the experience. I didn't have the skills and I just didn't know what that was going to be, but I wanted to start trying to figure it out. And so, so, you know, the last month has been really doing a lot of helping people step into the possibilities. And so these three needs, it just came up to me as like, I was thinking, what do people really need to hear that they might not know? And the, these three needs, when I heard them, and I learned more about myself, and also a couple of things that have I've uncovered that deep, deep roots. As I talked to my free training, I said, you, "We have these thoughts that are negative thoughts. Are I call our inner critic, and our inner critics always, you know." telling us that we're not good enough or we're not smart enough, or uh, we should have done something differently or, you know, dwells on mistakes from our past and, you know, makes them bigger than they are and makes us afraid of the future. And so there's all this like stuff going on that's keeping us trying to keep us safe, but it's really holding us back. And so when you start to understand what your thoughts are, there's actually roots in those thoughts. And those, and those roots are those beliefs that we have that aren't true, but we think they're true. And they're, a lot of them are driven from these needs that I'm going to go over. And one, like I said, is probably going to be your primary driver. So let me go over them first, and then I'll share my recent experience um, of me, first of all, uncovering and identifying. And you, when you hear them, you'll probably know it's that one you probably your intuition will say "Mm, I think I know which one it is but then I didn't know the roots and then when I started to work with my coach I was like oh my gosh a couple things have come up that are like the light bulb huge light bulb moments um and uh, digging those roots up has been uh, of great value to me and, and really trying to break through the obstacles that are that are being created by these beliefs that I have. All right, so the number one, uh, and there's these are in no certain order, they're just all equal, <laughs> all equal needs. All right, so number one is to be loved, to feel loved. So we all want to feel loved and have deep connections as humans to be valued, to feel valued, to feel worthy, to feel like we are enough. And the third one, and again, it's not in any priority, but is to feel safe and in a sense to feel some certainty about what's going to happen so these are the three core needs is what my my master neuro coach teacher told me uh that's what she calls them so as it relates to me personally so i'm just curious so like do you feel that you have a higher need to be loved than to be valued or feel safe do you feel a higher need to be valued than cuz you feel loved and you feel pretty safe or do you feel a very very strong need to be safe you're constantly like on the lookout maybe you don't have a lot of trust with people and so trust is like a high high value uh and maybe you feel loved you feel valued but you just have this problem trusting people so think about it and think about which one might be driving your actions or lack of actions more than others and keeping you from moving forward in what you want. So I fairly quickly, when I heard these, what resonated to me most was to be valued, that I felt that a lot of my actions are around wanting to feel like I'm good enough, wanting to feel like people really liked me. there There was this this strong urge for me to get like this feeling of, yeah, yeah, they they like me. That's good. That's good. Uh, and I didn't really know where it came from, but my first thoughts, because a lot of it's very surface, you like think, oh, why would that be? Well, one of my first thoughts was I didn't finish college. So I had this thought for a long time that I wasn't good enough or smart enough because I didn't finish college, yet I had a very successful career. But in that career, and as I uh, rose the, the, through the corporate ladder and became a vice president at AOL... I felt so unworthy of that role. And I felt like I was an imposter and that was a horrible feeling. So a lot of it stemmed from, Oh, I didn't finish college. That was like, yeah, I, I always wanted my parents to be proud of me. I had a really strong urge for them to feel proud of me. And I got a lot of satisfaction from that. I felt loved. I had loving parents Uh, I felt safe. I never felt threatened in my life. Like I was unsafe. I, I will say that a lot of people who have the core need of to be loved more so than valued and safe often have abandonment issues or like experiences, I should say, uh, They might have been rejected by a parent, abandoned father or mother, or, you know, just a situation where maybe their both parents were there, but they were neglected. Maybe they were one of several children or one child got all the attention because one child was the A student or the athlete could be a number of reasons, but you just don't feel that love uh, that you need. And we have different degrees of needing love too. So, you know, some people might need love more than others. And, but just think about that as it relates to your life. What are your past experiences that you think, oh, yeah, I see, I see how I seek love? And maybe you get into relationships quickly uh, with all these high expectations and then they fail. And maybe that's just because you have this need to be loved, but you're not really doing your due diligence there, and that might be a sign. And then the one to be safe, uh, and I I feel like this one was strong with my mom because my mom was a military brat and she moved a lot and she never was able to stay in one place and 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 keep friends. And back in those days, of course, your only alternative was long distance phone calls, which you don't do when you're a child, uh, and unless it's your parent, right? Uh, and letter writing, you didn't have instant messaging where you could keep in touch with friends. So she kept moving and she kept every relationship that she had was severed. And so she became a person who wouldn't connect on a deep level with people. And so It could be something like that where you don't feel safe or you don't feel secure. You don't feel secure because you're constantly moving. You're on the go. It could be that, again, an abandonment thing where you were left alone a lot. I remember when I was very young, I was dropped off at home before I was of the age that I should have been. And I was home waiting for my, I had a key to get in, latch key kid. But some kids, you know that that if they're left alone and their parent leaves, maybe their parent is working two jobs, and it's so it's it's not always like bad parent reasons, but it's the circumstances of what it is. So it could be um, so that instability. Put it that way, it's uh, the moving a lot and not being able to retain friendships is is a lot of instability. So you start to make you feel insecure about relationships, insecure about when's the ball going to drop again, not knowing when you're going to move next, Uh, having to adjust to new schools and making new friends. Uh, And it could be from abuse. You don't feel safe. So so there were some abuse in your past. And I know that actually some people who were abused are completely unaware of it. It's in their, they, they blocked it out. So it's there, of course their higher self knows, but their conscious self doesn't. And this happened to my cousin. She was sexually abused by an uncle when she was very young. And she started to go to a psychologist because she was having trouble in relationships with men. And she, that came out, in through her therapy therapy and she brought it up and this uncle was still alive still connected to the family married and it created quite as you can imagine a problem in the family because everybody took sides and people didn't believe her well why are why is it coming out now you're in your 30s but my aunt her mother said I always felt weird when we dropped her off and they would babysit. I, I always had this feeling. And so this stuff happens and some of it is pushed down and we don't even consciously know it. So if you're feeling a lot of times like you're not safe and you're scared to make change and you're scared to you know, get out of your comfort zone, more so than most people. Cause everybody's scared of that. That might be a core need that drives you more or keeps you stuck more because it's in a way it's not driving you to do anything. It's driving you to stay in one place and, and stay stuck. <clears throat> so, uh, and so if you want to know for the value one, what someone who has that as one of their, their drivers, their core need, um, To be satisfied so these are some of the things that i felt as i was operating unconsciously i felt uh like nothing was good enough like i i was a perfectionist so a lot of perfectionism redoing stuff competitive always wanting to be the best Looking at other people, judging other people, like looking at people and saying, did they do it better than me or is mine better? Or, you know, I, I would always assess and that's judge. I, I look at other people and, oh gosh, she, she dresses better than me or, oh gosh, uh, I'm glad I got that question right before she did because maybe she's the smarter person in my opinion and they're, you know just stupid little things like that it's just like examples of the behavior that somebody who has a high need for value or uh worthiness wanting to prove myself and always feeling like it wasn't enough And working nonstop like a workaholic oftentimes is somebody who, because they're trying to get more value. They're to, like trying to be valued. The more I do, the more the oh, people will see me, the more people will compliment me, the more I'll, you know, all the things. It's exhausting to want to feel valued. I mean, everybody wants to feel valued, but it's for me an extreme unhealthy extreme and so then you have these thoughts that are running through your head and when i say like this the inner critic or the negative thoughts you know the thought the words that you're saying to yourself that i tell my students capture these because we got to rewire them got to rewire your brain to think better thoughts so the thoughts that would come up would be i can't do that like when it comes to being a VP who doesn't have a college degree and all the other VPs sitting in the room have advanced degrees from pretty impressionable business schools. And I didn't even go to a good college. I went to like, oh, the people with C's go to that college. (laughs) Uh, Oh, it was the only one I applied to. But see, that's, it goes back to, I didn't want to apply to a college that I, knew I wouldn't get into and maybe I would have gotten into a, another college I'm glad that I went to the college I was I did go to because that's where I met my husband even though I didn't get married right away but of course that's that's the whole other story that I've shared on my podcast but yeah so a thought would be like I can't do that is that good enough And then probably answering in my head, no, it's not good enough. Got to redo it. Try again. Do it over. Another thought might be, what are they thinking about me? Almost an obsession about what other people think. And then another is, will she like me? Or will he like me? instead of worrying about being myself and thinking well if they don't like me tough crap that's how we should all be because if you're trying to be liked and you want value so bad you're going to be a chameleon to be have people like you that's not good either and so what i re- uncovered More recently, and I've shared this on a past podcast episode, I don't think I've ever talked about the three core needs because I looked back to see if I ever did. But because I had these recent revelations that made me realize why value is so high, was such a high need for me, is that when my mom was pregnant with me, And I'm again gonna reiterate, I always felt a lot of love from my mother, but my mother and my father were inseparable. And to a degree at which there's not a lot of couples that are like that. It's kind of like the notebook where like he just, they ended up getting in bed together and dying. My parents probably would have done that if my dad hadn't suddenly died before my mom. But he he basically after he died she just stopped living, so she's essentially dead, but she's still alive, laying in a bed, not wanting to con- con- connect with anything. And I I talked about that recently as well. So so in a way, when you know you're kind of like the third wheel, you know most moms are like their kids are their everything to the to the, and that negatively really impacts their marriage, right? Because the husband's like the third wheel. But in my case. And I know this affected my sister more than me, but she didn't feel very loved uh, growing up. But uh, I just was a very optimistic, happy person. My mom was a very optimistic, happy person, so so I think I always looked at the glasses half full. And so, I, I and I felt loved. I felt like I got enough attention uh, from them as I was growing up. But my mother had an eating disorder. And what I uncovered in my subconscious through work that I did with my coach is I uncovered that, oh my gosh, I, I was not given enough nutrition when I was in the womb. I was starving in the womb. My mother didn't gain, she gained eight pounds, which is pregnant. And I was born premature and I was born premature clearly because I wasn't getting the nutrients that I needed. And it was like, I better be born or I'm going to, you know, I need, I needed to come out. Uh, and so she, you know, she, she has always had an eating disorder. It was something I didn't realize until I got to be an adult. She had anorexia when she was like 19. She had my sister when she was Uh, I think 20 or 21 and me when she was just like a year later. So she had two pregnancies back to back, but she did not want to gain weight. And so she didn't, she didn't eat. And so can you imagine as this little soul inside growing, not getting the nutrients you need from your mom? That puts an imprint on your psyche at a soul level and you you don't even realize it it's so unconscious of course it's unconscious but i was going through some visualizations and one of the prompts my coach said to me is when was the earliest you had that feeling because i was talking about this feeling of needing to feel valued that i was didn't feel worthy enough and some of the things that i did it, It was to try to prove something or it was try to feel like I was enough. And it was this strong desire to feel liked. And what I realized in this process of the work and the digging is that it started from conception. We get this stuff before we even know we're getting it. (laughs) And there's little other micro examples of things that happen that reinforce that. I was in accident. The rubber broke. I wasn't supposed to be here. It was like, what? Like that was, when I found that out, And I found out there was a huge fight between my mother and my father when he found out my mom was pregnant and he went running and screaming out of their apartment. And they didn't have the option of abortion in those days. They did, but it was like going in a deep, dark alley and doing it and, you know, that. thank God (laughs) I might not be here. I don't know if my mom would have done that or not. But, you know, that is a feeling of like, I'm not worthy enough because I'm not even supposed to friggin' be here instead of like thinking, oh my gosh, because I didn't have this understanding of, and and knowing that, hey, an ax, because the rubber broke, that's even a bigger reason that I'm here for an important reason. So it should have reinforced my feeling of, I better figure out what that is. But instead I let it make me feel like, oh my gosh, I I was just not meant to be here. I was a freaking accident. Oops. So I better prove to everybody that I, I am important to have come here. And then when I was growing up, I remember... My mom and my dad, like they, like I said, they are attached. So they're so tight and connected that they would lock their door and we weren't allowed to even like approach or enter. I remember waking up with bad dreams when I was probably about third grade and sweating and not being able to go in to see my mom and be comforted. And nowadays, kids are getting into their parents' beds and sleeping for years. (laughs) But no, no, Uh, I don't know if this was you. Back in the day, you didn't do that. You didn't go into your parents' room. But in, I think excessively with my parents was no admittance, off limits, Uh, door closed, door locked, do not enter. And so that's like, oh, I'm not worthy enough to come in when I need my mom in the middle of the night. So it, like I said, they're little micro things. It's not like this huge rejection. Of course they're deep and I don't realize them or did not realize them. And when you dig deep and you realize these things and you understand a core need that might be like your primary reason that you're being held back, from being who you're meant to be and living the life of purpose that you're here to do, it it changes everything. And we we all are human. And so we have this brain that is convincing us these things that aren't true and trying to protect us from changing. And this and the fact that it's not on a conscious level, that's protecting us too. Because to have to think of what that those things were and and to like then deal with that and deconstruct them and reconstruct them into better beliefs. That's that's work. And it's it's better to keep it suppressed, right? No. No, we can't keep it suppressed if we want to expand and be truly authentic and really understand with that growth mindset of what what can this unlock for me so that's what i wanted to talk about today the core human needs i hope you enjoyed that and i hope you got something out of it i hope you're going to walk away from this conversation and really think about which one of these is really resonating most with me and let me go do some thinking on it spend some time in silence and see what comes up for you and when you start to think thoughts like I did of oh gosh I don't feel worthy enough I feel like I just have this strong need to be liked and to 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 like feel like I'm enough ask yourself when was the first time you thought that when was the first time you thought that? And we think we only have memories from when like three years old and on. But no, we we our higher self knows. And if you get quiet and you start to pay attention to the the things it sends you, you'll uncover a lot. And don't doubt it when it comes. That's another thing we do. Our logic brain is quick to dismiss and disagree and say, that's crazy. That's, that's not true. And much of this stuff that comes from our higher self, that we've probably heard in conversations from relatives, from parents. And it's very interesting how it all unfolds. But you, you, you will get these downloads and you will learn more about what's at the roots and that's where you need to go. All right. Hope you enjoyed. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into the Living Your Spark second half podcast. If you'd like to watch my guest interviews, you can find the video version of this podcast on my Not Your Average Grandma YouTube channel. Also, you can check out what I have going on at the moment by going to my website at notyouraveragegrandma.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Not Your Grandma. If you like this episode, please mention it to a friend and don't forget to leave a review so I know the topics you like best and can bring you more of that content in upcoming episodes. Last but not least, remember to always listen to that inner voice that will never steer you wrong and make living from the most sparked place possible your biggest priority. When we do that, we make the world a better place.